funny to start with this week. Hello everyone, welcome to Pod Position. I'm your host Jim Sterling, I'm joined here as always by Laura. Hello! Hello! It feels like your introductions to this show are getting less creative and more lazy by the week. This is just how professional things work. It's like, yeah, eh, whatever. <laughs> People will listen, who the fuck cares? I was going to try and start it with a Dragon's Dogma thing, and I was going to start talking about how all roads lead to Gavin uh, Soren, but I realised that was too esoteric uh, for this audience. And then I was going to talk about how I've got a tube of Carmex, which is a, a soothing lip balm in uh, America, and how I took a permanent marker pen and turned the yellow we ha- we uh, have that packaging well. for it completely black. Oh, you do? Okay, so yeah, it's, people it's know It's much better about. than Labello. It's, in my uh, long history of using soothing lip balms, it is the best that yeah, I've ever had. Absolutely. Um, I, th- I, I highly rate Carmex. We're not sponsored by Carmex. If they want to send some freebies over, I'm not going to say no. But, uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. But uh, over the course of this week, I have been painting my Carmex tube. Uh, it is now completely jet black um, because I coloured it in with a permanent marker. And I was going to make that for an intro, but then I realised that that wasn't entertaining podcast material. Um, so I didn't use that for an intro. Instead, I saved it for right now in the podcast. Yeah, you know who is an, in- uh, an entertaining podcast intro, though? Gavin, he's here. I tell you, for right now, he is a really entertaining podcast intro. Hello, Gavin. Hello. Am I Am you- I really entertaining, though? Because I, I got a few comments last week. Don't that listen I wa- to him. I wasn't very entertaining. I'm sorry. Don't- <laughs> I, I disagree. I had a lovely time when you invited your friend Bono in. Actually, yeah, you were you were you were terrible. Bring Bono back to replace you. Bono was lovely. I think that's the problem. Is they compared your performance to Bono's and say, like, well, who can, who the fuck can compare to Bono? Yeah, that's exactly. unfavorable no, no for all of that, us. Yeah, that is who. It's Ireland's favorite, real favorite son. Who is who is Bono? On on a on a serious note, though, like I I kind of did agree with the comments. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I've been very tired the last few weeks because I'm trying to get into a good sleeping schedule and I was just not feeling the best anyway so so I'm sorry guys sometimes I'm just not very uh I'm not you know super Ev- excited everyone, about everything <laughs> everyone has those everyone weeks. has That's those totally weeks. understandable I'm just surprised um, they singled you out I'd spent that entire week on various uh, medicines and, and <laughs> muscle relaxers and all this stuff I was fucked for that episode I don't know why they didn't pick on me. I was the worst one last week. Well, they didn't because you're Jim fucking Sterling's son, which allows you some form of leeway. Your name is like on the show title and stuff. You can get away with a bit more, I think. I guess so, but... Me and Gavin have got to work for our spots here. (laughs) I gotta say, I was the worst last week. Plus, you two are very naturally good at like improvising humour, whereas I'm not. (laughs) I am not good at this naturally. This is a lot of stepping out of my comfort zone and hoping that I don't land on like concrete... Laura and I write a script ahead of time for Laura's comments on this show. Like, it's all carefully scripted and planned, and then I have to improv around it. Uh. People don't realise just the complicated machinations that go into creating Podquisition and making it sound natural. Making it sound like we don't know what we're talking about when we do, and we we dumb ourselves down so Mm. that people listen can feel smarter than us. We've talked about this before, that there was... uh, If any of you listened to the, uh, the spoiler cast for the beginner's guide we did... Uh, there's a bunch of, of talking in that that just didn't exist and had to be recorded in post. That's actually every episode of this show. Like, I listen to all the <laughs> funny things that everyone else says, and I sit there with a pen and paper like, 
ooh, would this work in that gap? No, what, what about this? And I script it out in post to make my bit sound What good. Laura does is she goes through the edits and takes out all of mine and Jim's funny bits and, like, just leaves <laughs> yeah, in and I all, take out all, all of her my funny shit stuff. Bits. Yeah, she re-records well, what we said and then she says them. And yeah. She gets uh, a lot of funny lines. She works with Matt Groening a lot um, mm. and gets him on board. Uh, all of the writers for The Office... Uh, work with her it's it's a very i mean it, it's where all the patreon money goes if i'm yeah. honest yeah that, that, and then that she two, she overdubs my parts with like ah now lads don't be making jokes come on now why <laughs> why won't you why won't you compliment my my hat <laughs> oh my uh. god this permanent marker is not permanent i've just been fiddling with the carmex tube this whole time and it's all rubbed off at, like on my hands it just well, looks it looks like i've been fingering a chimney <laughs> Welcome to the internet's number one video game show, everyone. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, so yeah, we are here this week to talk about various video gamey things. Uh, before we get onto the news, I think there's a game that me and Jim have played that I don't think Gav's played that uh, you can't get anymore. Should we talk about Five Nights at Freddy's World? We're going to talk about FNAF World. FNAF World, yeah. FNAF I feel, I feel FNAF like World. I'm the fortunate one here to not have played you, this. You are indeed the fortunate one here. Uh, yeah, because unlike us, you, you, you're not still suffering. I'm, I, I honestly think it gave me a tumour in my brain. <laughs> like, it, it just, it, it's a migraine in, in digital form. It's incredible. Um, I played it for like 20 minutes for a video. Is it and made then, by the same guy? Oh yeah, Scott Cawthon, mm. uh, who made the, the original Five Nights at Freddy's games, brought out this uh, role, turn-based role-playing game, FNAF World. F-N-A-F, obviously standing for Five Nights at Freddy's, or as I like to call it, Five Nights at The Final acronym Fantasy. of that game actually sounds very much like how I feel about it, just FNAF. FNAF. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... it's well, I... I, I think if you've had no experience with it, then FNAF is, is a perfectly valid thing. If you've ever... If you've actually played it... You have a different reaction, which is mostly seizures. It's mostly seizures. <laughs> um, I'm actually like I'm strapped in right now. Mm. Uh, my arms and legs, sort of at the wrists and the ankles. Did it give I've you any a... jump scares? Oh no, no. Mm. no. Um, the enemies. Isn't some that enemies, kind of some what of... the whole selling point of FNAF is, though? Well, yeah, but is... now there's a greater lore involved, and you can explore the lore without the scariness. Yeah, he wanted to... Um, basically, uh, for those who don't know the history of Five Nights at Freddy's, um, Scott Cawthon originally wanted to make a game for children called Chipper and Son's Lumber Company. Um, Here now he goes, that Laura, went on... this is where he goes, It was all me! It was <laughs> no, I'm my even... doing, because I'm I... fucking Jim Sterling's son! <laughs> I'm not even going to use this to self-aggrandise, although that is a spot-on impersonation of me. That's better than your Bono. Um, right. He, some people criticised the game, not saying it was me, uh, and said it was nightmare fuel and, and, and it was unintentionally uh, horrifying, which... Um, Cause Scott Cawthon to reflect on things, and then he he decided that he'd sort of roll with the punch, and came back with Five Nights at Freddy's, which was Chipper and Sons, but on purpose this time. Um, and so, you know, it was all about animatronics that were coming to life and trying to come and kill you, and you know, everyone knows sort of what Five Nights at Freddy's is or should know. Um, and over the, the, I was going to say over the years, but I think all, all of them came out in like 
two years time over the year and a bit uh, these games had a massively loyal fan following and a whole bunch of lore and backstory and universe building went up around it I can't say I understand that I don't understand much about Five Nights at Freddy's but people are very invested in the story of Five Nights at Freddy's and so what Five Nights at Freddy's world is what FNAF world is is an attempt to bring back what Chipper and Sons was, but then overlay some of the creepy undertones to it in a, in a way similar to um, Pony Island, really. Um, and and just kind of merge everything together and build further upon the lore. It's, mm-hmm. it's an odd thing that he did. and it's, it's, it's a thing that, like, in concept, I initially thought seemed interesting. because when you start seeing when I first when, heard it. Well, when you first start seeing those Chipper and Sons enemies very near the, uh, the beginning of the game... My gut reaction was that maybe he was going for a sort of like uh, Disney's Epic Mickey type vibe where it's like, this is the forgotten creations that never made it big, like trying to take down the mm-hmm. the big franchise that everyone cares about. I was like, there is interesting potential here by bringing this stuff back that you created that people didn't really ever care about. And then the more I put time into it, the more the veneer started to fade away because first five minutes on the surface it doesn't look like a lazy move from scott cawthorn um it is a complete like mechanical and stylistic departure from the thing that he knows no matter what he does it will be like financially successful yeah so it was 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 it like his uh well no i won't say the black album because that's like the opposite of that isn't it (laughs) yeah but it was his outside yeah yeah, it's his, it's his thing of like, I know I could release another Five Nights at Freddy's very easily and everyone would buy it again. <laughs> he he wanted no, this I'm to gonna... be his Berlin trilogy. What? Oh, gosh. Yeah. He, he, put, uh, he, he, he put it out and like the first five minutes, there is a lot of visual polish. Um, like I was impressed kind at the of. quality of like the the character models and everything and the sort of differing well, styles between say... the... The battle system and the let's overworld. Let's say, in comparison to Five Nights at Freddy's, there's a lot of animation and polish. I, I was impressed with the level of polish for the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. And very quickly, it started to become apparent, oh, yeah, this this money, the, 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 the visual money that you have spent does not stretch very far at all. And yeah, this is going to just drag on and on it and on falls and on apart and on, very isn't quickly. it? Yeah. Um, I, it's very poorly oh. signposted as a game. Doesn't explain a lot. Um, between when I first played it and then when I live streamed it, at some point Scott had actually patched in uh, an explanation as to what the moves do. Because, because bear in mind, you you play as eight characters at any given time. You have two parties. Um, you know, it's, it's like a Final Fantasy thing. It's got an active time battle style system. You've got two different parties of four characters that you switch between over and over. So you've got eight characters. Each of them have three different moves each. And you don't know what the fuck any of these moves do. Uh, mm. And then he patched in an explanation, which you still have trouble reading because the combat is so fast that you can't yeah. concentrate. It's, and this it's... is in between flashing like strobe light effects on the screen, the camera shaking constantly, and just noise and Jim, cacophony. Jim. What, what you're not understanding, Jim, is that the flashing effects are the jump scares. The flashing lights are jumping out at you in order to scare the bits of your brain that don't want to feel pain. 
it I, maybe. Um, I know some of the one of the attacks that some of the enemies have is jump scare, and some of the allies have as well. So there yeah. are jump scares in the game, but the the characters use them on each other when fighting. So that's their kind of nod to the the horror of well, the, it's the original. It, it games. sounds a bit toilet. It's uh, well, it's so. It, it's toilet enough that Scott Cawthon, after a few days of it being on Steam, uh, basically pulled an Arkham Knight. He's, he's now taken it away from Steam. Mm. He's uh, taken it down. Uh, he's, he's trying to get refunds for everyone, including those who have played it for more than two hours. Uh, and then says he's going to work harder on it, give it a completely new overworld, uh, overhaul everything, make it more clear as to what you're doing, and then release it for free. And he made a big apology about how he feels, and you know, he rushed it and, that's, and everything. That is a very decent move. Because, like, here's the thing. Looking at that game, my gut reaction was not that he has rushed the game. My gut reaction is it's just, it's a bad game. He is good at making Five Nights at Freddy's games. He is not good at making RPGs, or at least this RPG was not a good RPG. I've I... seen a lot of people who have, like, especially people who don't like Cawthon and, and hate Five Nights at Freddy's. Obviously, he has a huge hate them. Uh, mm. A lot of them have said this game exposed him for the shit developer he no, is I, and stuff. I, I don't think that's fair. Like, he is clearly a talented developer but I think that he is a talented developer who made a bad game. And I, while it doesn't excuse like him putting it out if he wasn't going to be happy with it, it is still a very positive move to see him be like, right, everyone gets their money back. If you already bought it, you can keep it. You can have your money back. I'll put it out for free. Sorry, everyone. That, that's more than most shitty developers would do. What I like is the people now demanding that it be brought back. Because there's nothing... Nothing more uh, damning for a developer than to tell a bunch of gamers that they can't have something anymore. And they instantly want it. I mean, I saw this, you know, you hear this when they hear about something shit that was in the podcast, in this very podcast that we might edit out because we didn't think it was funny, we didn't think it was worked, it was awkward or there were technical difficulties, and then we get accused of censorship and, and all this stuff, oh. and they like, we want an unedited <sighs> version. I'm like, but you don't understand, I... the unedited version is shit. Exactly, I it's mentioned shit. I mentioned once very early on with this podcast on Twitter. I was like, "Oh yeah, just doing the editing pass now, just just doing the editing." And someone was like, "Wait, you cut stuff out?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we sometimes make jokes that just don't land, and I cut them out because who wants to hear a joke fall, fall flat on its face? It's not interesting to listen to." And they're like, "Censorship!" See, like no, you no, said, she just to... leaves in all her own jokes and cuts me and Jim out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I cut out Jim. Uh, I cut out Gavin's "Am I Gavin or am I Bono right now?" quiz. <laughs> Um, I cut out Jim's Am I Jim fucking Sterling son Or am I not Jim St fucking Sterling son I cut out both their quizzes last and week she edited cause... her own quiz in Yeah they didn't even know the quiz existed I just no, took she, existing she library pre audio clips Pre-existing things we'd said To yeah. have us react to it I um, pieced together sentences and made it's not, I mean it's not always obvious when Laura like edits stuff out But oh yeah definitely That was the hardest boss in Bloodborne <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I mean, obviously we're being facetious, but things do get edited, and it's. It, I always find it remarkable that people people value um, what they think is you know the integrity of an unedited, uh, unaltered piece of entertainment so much I uh, can that they would rather of, have something shitty. I than can, I can the kind of version. understand that, you know, in some ways. I mean, 
there is some value in i mean to if you see like live podcasts and stuff i think you do see there's a certain chemistry that that comes when people have to do something that's unedited but i think when it's in a more relaxed pre-recorded situation there's i don't know you're, yeah, you're I mean, not you, really there, there using are, anything by shortening are, it up a bit and there are yeah like it there are pros and cons to both approaches, but you losing maybe 15 to 20 seconds of every podcast yeah. to, yeah, let's cut out that silence. I mean, and we're cut literally out that just trimming a little bit up. of fat, like. Yeah. And it's like, who's to say that's not, you know, it's like, oh, your integrity and your original vision. Mm. My original vision is I will try this joke and see if this joke's good. If it's not, I'll take it out. Mm. That's, that's the vision. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I edit <laughs> the Jimquisition every <gasps> week, you know. Um, I mean, we don't just. This- you don't just set a camera rolling and the video clips this, happen? This may oh. be a shock, but I don't get all my vocals on the first take every time. <laughs> <gasps> what about the censored, thrown away <laughs> vocals, Gavin? What about them? Uh, but, uh, yeah, so anyway, there's this, again. <laughs> there's this big hubbub with, uh, you know, FNAF world. Um, some people just, you know, will find... Taking it as any reason to have a go at Scott Cawthorne, some people who are fans who are upset that it's gone. The whole thing's a fucking mess. I don't envy Scott's position. I'll say I I respect his decision to pull it. Um, and I think he's handling this as best he can right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously the best thing to have done would have been not release it in that state at all. Uh, having now played it for like an hour and a half... Um, I, I, I feel like it was never play-tested. Like, I don't know how you could sit there and test the game with the just the, the painful audio-visual presentation and think, yep, that doesn't need well, changing. You, you know what it probably is? Play-test it with a bunch of kids that, like, because they're still kids, their brain doesn't hurt after flashing colours. <laughs> yeah, they love them. <laughs> yeah, you, you give it colors. to people over the age of 12 and suddenly they're like, oh, I can't deal with all these SpongeBob, uh, SpongeBob-esque Colors, ah! <laughs> Nickelodeon, get out of my head. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, it definitely needed some real thorough Q and Q and A, Q A, I mean, <laughs> uh, and uh, and a Q and A. Why not? <laughs> Just throw that in as well. Um, definitely needed a lot more time in the oven before it was brought out, and obviously Scott recognizes this, which is good. Uh, but at the same time, it should never. This should never have happened in the first place, uh, but there you go. I mean, it's. I'm glad. I am glad I did play it in this original form first uh, mm. because it. It's been entertaining as someone not personally involved in the situation, as as a mm. a bit of the peanut gallery. It's been very interesting to watch and experience, mm. and and getting to experience the game in that form is. You know, I'm glad there's sort of archival footage of the original mm. form of the game. Um, and I do, you know, we'll see what happens when it comes out again. You know, it, it's coming out for free next time, so you can't I, complain about it from that angle. But we'll see. We'll see what he does. Mm. Mm. I think it's very interesting from the perspective of, like, my position is I'm not a fan of the Five Nights at Freddy games, but I've always been very, very aware of, like, the talent that goes into what Cawthorn's done, the way he's handled his sort of very quick success and his sort of his mentality when it came to new creations within that franchise, I think he has done a lot very right and it's very interesting to watch from the outside and sort of see how this fits into just how this fits into everything else he's done since Five Nights at Freddy's blew up and 
it's an interesting point yeah. to look at from a critical perspective. I will say that for all the accusations he gets, um, I don't detect, and I could be wrong, but you know, I've spoken to him in the past, and I've obviously followed his career, his you know, r- relatively short career, mm. um, and I don't detect a cynical bone in the guy's body. I mean, obviously he rushed, I say rushed, he, he spewed out like four or five nights at Freddy's games in a short span of time. Um, But I do feel like he did that with sincerity. He wasn't just going for the cash grab thing. I feel like he... Just the fact that every single one has a radically different premise... Uh, and and often different things happening in the game, like it's it, they're not just rehashes of the last one, even though they're fundamentally similar. I feel like he genuinely had a thing he wanted to accomplish with these games. Now, whether that's a good or bad thing is is you know your mileage may vary, but I've always detected a a, a real sense of sincerity from him in in everything he's done, and I can't. I can't hold that against him. You know, I see see people trying, you know, they compare him to, like, your digital homicides and these guys that, Mm. you know, where where digital homicide brought out, like, 20 games in two years. It's like, I, I... I don't, th- I don't feel the same cynicism I feel with those guys, but no, like I could every, be wrong. It's like every time he created another game, like he completely switched up the mechanics, and that is not an easy thing to do while staying sort of stylistically and tonally within that same world. And he definitely put the effort into trying and experimenting with new things, even if he was sticking with the same franchise. So. You know, I have respect for the guy. Yeah, I mean, if, I wish him well. Yeah. At the end of the day, I, he, he seems like a really nice guy. Uh, so, I wish him well. Yeah. I wish him I, well. I, I, I mean, either way, he's got a ton uh, of money now, so... I well played, played an interesting little game this week. I was yeah. going to say, is this a game that we've all played, I think? It is definitely a game we've all played. And prepare Blood your bomb. butter report forms, because I'm going to do some collusion. <laughs> <laughs> I play Laura's game, Acceptance. Oh, this is not where I thought you were going. I no. thought you were going to go talk about The Witness. We'll talk about that after. <laughs> oh, this is the bit where I awkwardly sit here because I'm like, yeah. I don't know how to self-promote. So, Gavin, you talk about a thing. Yeah, so Laura had a part in making this game and it was, what, about a year ago, Laura? Yeah, it was you... January 2015 and it was done as a like a one-month game jam project and, after. Yeah, And you co-wrote it, is that correct? Yeah, I originally it was older than this, like... Two or three years ago, I made, like, half of a Twine game that I'd written, mm. and um, basically when this game jam rolled around in January 2015, I got another writer in to basically flesh out the other half of the narrative, and then got a couple of people in to help, like, move it over into Ren P mm. and do some music and art and stuff for it. Cool. Yeah, and I liked it, and I thought it was something, like, basically it's a game that, like, it's made for people to maybe understand the issues that a trans person would go through every day. Is that fair? A fair assessment? Yeah, and it's like, it's not necessarily a representation of every day, yeah. but they are, it is a representation yeah, so it, of, of things that can be very everyday things. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's one day that has yeah. a lot of very everyday things all happening at once yeah. and the way that they can mount up. I thought it was something that I would definitely... Um, if if you're somebody who's like not fortunate enough to have like a trans friend who can explain these things to you, I think it's a really interesting uh, thing that you could look at to maybe learn a little bit more about it. And I oh, thought I it think was... I think even if you do, if even if you do have um, 
friends who can explain. Yeah. Uh, something about the the interactive nature of a Twine game, um, mm. or any kind of game, um, can help you understand even better. Mm. I mean, I, I have a very dear friend who made a game called Stealth, um, mm. and you can, uh, it's another, it's a, you know, another uh, text-based game, and you can, you know, if you do a search for, for Stealth, uh, you can uh, find it, and and even though I've, you know, I'm friends with Laura, I'm friends with, um, uh, you know, a, a few trans people who have always been very... Um, kind enough to to give me insight and and advise me and and uh and you know things that people don't have to do you know mm. it's not their job to to educate as it were mm. um but even so uh playing the game lets just gives you that extra sense of personal touch that per- i think particularly art... in the very first choice of the game i thought that was clever because when mm-hmm. you pick mm. your gender and i obviously pick male and it said, are you male or female? I pick male. And the game immediately says, no, you're not. <laughs> it's like, wow, okay, that is that is a, a harsh but very clever yeah, way yeah. of uh, It's of not subtle it. with it. It's like, yeah. yeah, let's drop the hammer right now and yeah. just be like, nope, you are wrong. Yeah. Deal with it. But yeah, I liked it. It, yeah. ma- it made me a little bit sad, but I liked it. <laughs> yeah, sad is fair enough. Mm. It is not a happy game in mm. any sense, but... That's really nice to hear. Thank you. Mm. This was not planned, and now I'm all awkwardly like, how do I segue <laughs> away from things that are positive about me? Um, <laughs> let's 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 move back from there over towards criticizing other people's creations. Woo-hoo, the witness. So, uh, have we all talked about? Have we all played the witness? This yep. Week? I believe we have all played the witness yep. this week. Yeah. Okay. What did people think of the witness? Uh, it's all right. It's all right. Um, okay. I, that was that I, if, was me and Gav saying the same word with completely different tones. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, okay, I'll, I'll start us off then. If your opinions are both, I do have a few right things to, to say about it, but you you go ahead yeah. first. Yeah, we'll start, Laurie. If you start with yeah, how you yeah. felt about it. Okay, so my thoughts very quickly on the witness. Um, the witness is a puzzle game where you complete a bunch of mazes. Um, I've seen a lot of praise for the game, and I understand where the praise comes from. From my perspective. I really dislike The Witness because a lot of the way that The Witness... uh, A lot of the thing about The Witness is that you can feel the watching eyes of the creator of the game while you're going through. And while for many people that manifests itself as being like, I completed this maze. I've got this little like father, father like pat on the back of, yeah, you did it. Well done. On to the next one. The way that I experienced that game, I constantly felt like uh, Jonathan Blow was basically watching over my shoulder, being like, <laughs> fuck you, you don't know how to do this. I created a thing, I'm smart enough to make it, why don't you know how to fix it yet? You don't Read know how to get through books, that. you yeah, idiot. You are not as smart as me. And that's like, <laughs> the whole feeling I had playing the game was just that, like, Jonathan Blow looking over my shoulder being like, you are not good enough. I am smarter than you. And I know I that would that's... love a video of this. I'm just drawing well, didn't, he, didn't he actually come right out and say that? That like one of the puzzles is going to be too hard for 99% of yeah, players. One that... of them, he's like, yeah, 99.9% of players will never fix uh, finish mm. it and blah, blah, blah. And um, that is the whole sense I had. And I totally get why people like it because it is a very intelligently designed puzzle game that has a lot of interesting stuff with its environments and the narrative stuff it tries to tell. For me, I just got pissed off the whole way through because I constantly <laughs> felt like I was being judged by Jonathan Blow for not being smart I'm, enough at mazes. I'm, I, I, I would 
I would legit pay to fly Jonathan Blow to your house, Laura. And for a Gordon Ramsay-style thing, where you're playing and he's constantly behind you, just, it took me seven years to make this, and it's taken you seven minutes to fuck it up! <laughs> just constantly berating and yelling at you, and you're just like, well, I, I didn't design it! I if, don't if, know the solution! If, I know the solution, you must be stupid! You made the solution, bro! If we, if we can get Jonathan Blow to agree to it, I will do this. Um, if I can find a good picture of Jonathan Blow and find someone who looks similar and make them up to look like Jonathan Blow, this might be a thing I do anyway. Oh, do, do what I do. Do what I do. What you want to do is, like, um, print out a... Uh, relatively life-size, or at least, like, face mask-sized photograph of John Blow, and then cut the mouth out of it, and then strap it to someone's face. That's what I do. I've got a David Cage mask that I made that I do that with. Oh, um, this This might be a thing I have to do next week. <laughs> it, I, I would love uh, it, because I fucking... Like, here's uh, the thing, right? I don't, I don't dislike Jonathan Blow, right? Mm. I, I like the guy. But I also love to hate him. <laughs> like, it's this weird thing I have with him where it's like, I respect him a lot. I like him a lot. I think it's brilliant that he's in this industry. But at the same time, part of me always just, like, wants to slag him off. And it's not personal. I, I, don't, I don't dislike him at all. But... I find the idea of hating him hilarious. Indeed, and, and if I, like I didn't the caricature I have of him in my head. <laughs> and if I didn't feel about him that uh, that way about him before playing the witness, I certainly do now. <laughs> <laughs> so from the sounds of things, it sounds like I've almost got the most positive and I didn't expect this, that I might be the most positively inclined towards it. But I I feel like we should have like let Gavin yeah. take like have his opinion and then then because I was really not expecting to be the most positively um, inclined towards it. Yeah. So what did you think, Gav? Well, this was really one of those cases where after playing it for an hour and a half, I got really bored. Mm-hmm. And then I went to look at the reviews and I just could not believe what I was seeing with all these tens everywhere. I was like, am I, am I completely mad? Because Nope, you're not. The game, <laughs> okay, as a maze puzzle game, it's good. The mazes are good. They're clever. They make you think. And when you... When you finish them, you get kind of a satisfied, satisfied feeling apart from some of them where you're like, oh, God, thank God, that's fucking over. But if, like, if more mazes is enough to motivate you to move forward in the game, you'll enjoy it. But for me, that's not enough. I need a compelling narrative I, as well or, I can or something to open that, up or something to click into place or something, to, something satisfying to happen after I solve the puzzle. And the story to use uh, a pun, the story kind of blows, you know, in more ways so, than one. Like, and uh, Yeah, I mean, I get the, um, I get that. Like, <clears throat> in order to play a game where the problem is mazes, the solution is mazes, and the, and reward, the reward is, is more mazes, mazes yeah. you've got to really love mazes. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 is to, it is to video game mazes what God, Godfrey Ho was to movie ninjas. Yeah. Like, you've, you've got to really love ninjas to watch a God Ho film. And you've got to really love mazes to to get the most out of the witness. And there were also a couple of... um, Like, what I really like about the game is how much it respects you and doesn't patronise you. But at the same time, there's certain mechanics in the puzzles that you just won't be able to do unless you find the tutorial one on the other side of the island. Yeah, that that I definitely agree with. There's one mechanic that I just found complete waste of the player's time, which is with some puzzles which are linked like four or five of them together if you fail one you have to go back and redo 
the previous one, mm-hmm. even though that the solution bollocks. is still yeah. up there on your screen, you just have to redo it. You don't have to work it out again. And then you have to walk back. I said, what, what was the point in that? I found that very curious because, you know, I've read, I read an interview with Jonathan Blow today, actually, where, you know, he's saying a big part of what he wants with the game is to not, is to not waste the people's time. time. Yeah. And I, I did find, I, I, in fact, I'm probably <coughs> thinking at the exact same moment mm. you are. Is it before you set up, like, the first real, like, laser bit when you mm. do it? Yeah, and, and there was another one yeah. with trees as well. Right, yeah. Yeah. and I just I could not believe it. I'm like, this this is this is a complete waste of my time. Oh yes, the I, one I with the mirror images. Puzzle. Yeah, yes, that was a fucking um, pain in the ass. I solved that one by taking photographs of the oh, really? solved ones on yeah. my phone, and then just like flipping the images like some, and then following some, the lines. Like some of the mazes are really clever. Like the ones where you've the two different colors, and one of the colors gradually fades. To the mm. point where then you have to imagine it as an invisible line, and I thought that stuff was really clever. But it did—it I mean, does yeah, waste your time because you'll go down like say a a hole in the ground and go all the way to the end of this passage, which takes like five to ten minutes, and then you'll find a puzzle that you can't solve yet, and you have to go all the way back up again. Unless you're like yeah, a I think super the genius. Did, the game did fail in several areas when it comes to its philosophy of not wasting time. Mm. Uh, there are moments that are very clearly a waste but of that, time. That especially first five-minute audio recording I found was definitely a waste of my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the audio recordings don't do much for me. Um, no, I, I don't I know, maybe get, that means I'm thick. But. No, I get the appeal of them, but they just weren't for me. Um, but So, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, if, I, I probably enjoyed it more than you two. If, if, um, ma- if mazes are your thing, you will love it, do you know? And and I should say as well, it's a fucking gorgeous looking game. One of the Very it's one of the oh, best yeah. looking games I've ever seen. You can see where the money was spent on making this a beautiful game. Mm-hmm. It is stylistically gorgeous. What I mean by that is it's clearly not a it's it's not gonna stress anybody's engines. No. It's not gonna stress any, you know, yeah, your, your hardware. Um it's very low on texture, mm. very low on detail, but it's so high on colour, contrast, colour saturation. Mm. Um that it just gives it this really, really gorgeous look, really gorgeous uh, style uh, to it. It's like un- yeah, undoubtedly I mean, it's, it's one of the, the most good-looking games I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it does that without you know relying just on technology and, mm. and stuff like you know like a Square Enix game would. It's mm. it's, it's got pure such beautiful, like beautiful, vibrant colors everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I personally, I've been having a very pleasant time with it. I'm, um, I think I've probably put in so far about as much time as, as you have, Gavin. Yeah. That's uh, so about an hour and a half or so. How many uh, lasers have you lit up? Um, just the one, actually. Yeah, same, same with me. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of done things out of order. I've, I've been in areas where I clearly shouldn't be. Yeah. And I'm trying to guess my way. I Some think puzzles the game I actually kind of wants you to do that, doesn't it? Might do. I mean, yeah. it's very easy to stumble across areas that I don't feel like I'm ready for. Yeah, definitely. Um, last night I was doing the the glass panel ones where you got to walk rather than interact with the maze directly, you have to walk on glass panels uh to draw the maze oh, as uh, you walk I rather than using one. the analog stick to move things. Yeah. Uh and I went through a series of hedge mazes where what you do in the hedge maze corresponds to how you solve the puzzle at the end of the hedge maze. Mm. Um, oh, and God. some of that memory, I thought was really memory, I can't stand memory puzzles. 
Yeah, that's and, and I'm normally I'm normally bad at them. In fact, mm. again, one of those hedge mazes, like I've played it twice now because I did it once for um, on my review copy on the PS4 and once on PC for mm-hmm. uh, a video, and one of the hedge maze puzzles I just guess every time. <laughs> it's it's only a small puzzle, so you can actually easily guess it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's one I found where it's just like you've got a you walk on the hedge maze and it's very soft footsteps and then some of the footsteps are crunchy wow. and then you just kind of learn that the crunchy stuff is representative of the wrong way yeah and i still don't know how that idea came to me because i'm not normally very good at thinking about things um if anyone who's watched me play video games on my youtube channel can attest to i don't pay attention to things i got terrible <laughs> attention to detail mm-hmm. and, and i fully admit that well, it's much harder um, to do that when you're commentating as well it is harder mm. to do that when you commentate thing. Um, I mean, that magnifies the problem, but I would never say that my problem is not still there. Um, so I was actually quite proud of myself that I worked that out because, you know, it might be very obvious to some, but for someone who thinks the way I think, I'm very short-term thought, um, mm. terrible memory, all this kind of you stuff. Ha- I was quite proud of myself for doing that. But you do have to give it to him stuff like that, and also when you do find the tutorial ones, they're beautifully elegant in the way he does teach you how to do them yes yes um again in the interview i read uh, i think it was with the guardian maybe he said like part of what he wanted to do was completely eliminate language from from the way the game teaches you how to interact with it yeah so this is all done i mean you're taught about the mazes by other mazes uh, which mm. i just find is a re- it's a really clever way of doing mm. things you, yeah you, like, you get the very basic you get like five mazes and each one is steadily slightly more difficult and I thought that was really clever way to mm. a really yeah, nice yeah. way to so teach by you. The, by the time you've gone through those tutorial mazes, it's like right now I fully understand how this works. Yeah. Then you go and, and solve you know whatever the real puzzle is supposed to be. Mm. Yeah, and I'm not going to deny that Jonathan Blow clearly is an incredibly talented game designer. Like mm. this is a very polished, very well put together game in a and, lot of ways, and a very imaginative like, puzzle designer as well. Oh, and you, exactly, it's, it's actually funny yeah. in the mazes how you can see just on a fundamental level so many similarities to the puzzles in Braid. How you would have one concept and then twist it and expand upon it and move it in ways you wouldn't expect it to move in. Yeah, I mean, Blow and, and his team, of course, because I, I, yeah. I do agree with him and what he said on Twitter the other day where it's like, he, it, this isn't Jonathan Blow's braid. It's a braid. I mean, Jonathan Blow's The Witness. Um, you know, obviously a lot of people worked on it. But, you know, whoever did m- most of the work on those puzzles, which I, I still assume, it, you know, would be him, um, I wish I could think like that mm. when designing stuff like that. Like, mm. that, that the amount of forethought that must be go into designing a maze like some of the mazes in The Witness. It's It represents a thought process that I simply don't possess. I, sim- yeah. simply, I simply cannot think like that, um, which, you know, makes it difficult but not impossible to solve them. But obviously if I thought like, um, like they did, then I'd have a much better time. But I just wish I could be that creative with, yeah. with, a, with a challenge, you know. Mm, exactly. I I very much agree with all of the points being raised. I just wish that my copy hadn't come with a little Jonathan Rams blow shouting at me. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what else did we play this week? Um, Tomb Raider came out on PC this week. Have either of you Wait, looked at the I PC? I thought it was bo- coming oh. out tomorrow. 
it, it, oh, okay, must be the I, European days. Is, this this may be one of these. I've got an early copy and I forget what days games come out. I'm sure like, oh, review. I think it might be. I don't think. That, I, don't think I think I've that's seen the it on case. America. Tomorrow in um in Ireland and the UK. I know that. Okay, what I, I what I suspect just happened I, is reviews. I've gone mad. No, I've got a code already, and reviews have gone up, so I assume everyone has it at this point. Um, PC version. January twenty eighth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, By the time this podcast goes up, it will have unlocked probably. Okay, I will very quickly summarize my thoughts on it then. Mm-hmm. It is still the very solid game that I thought it was on Xbox One. It looks better on PC. Some reviewers I know have had issues with memory leaks where after like an amount of time the game's performance gets worse and worse. Yet to isolate what hardware it is that's causing this, but some people are having memory well, leak I just, issues. I literally just saw a NVIDIA uh, update driver pop up, so I presume that's going to help with that. Yeah. Well, this was the one person I know had this issue was on an NVIDIA card, so it might be something to do with that. But regardless, it looks goddamn beautiful I on PC. Does, yeah. if, you, if you can crank it up to full, it looks really nice. It's all the little effects on PC that are looking really nice, like when you're climbing a rock wall and all the little um, carabiners that are clipped onto your waist are like swaying as you move. Yeah. And all these little extra things that just make it look really nice. Yeah, so, I'm really looking forward to this one, I have to say. It, it is looking very good on PC. Um, I mean, it speaks to the cynic in me that I hear about that and I'm thinking... So much money gone into that. You could you could fund eighteen indie games with that much money. <laughs> yeah, but why would you when you could have the little carabiners on your waist um, swing about left and right? <laughs> Swingy carabiners. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other game I played this week that I uh, that I know Gav hasn't played and I don't think Jim's had a chance to play yet. Far Cry Primal. Oh yeah. No. Yes. I've, 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 I've seen you tweeting about it. Yeah, I played the first. Three hours of Far Cry Primal. Um, I put the first hour of it up on YouTube, so go to Laura K. Buzz on YouTube and go watch that if you want to know. Um, I didn't find a single radio tower or equivalent in three hours with that game. Yeah, uh, actually, they did away with those and replaced them with camps. Like campfires, I think. Well, yeah, there, there are campfires and it's like, you get a small area of map filled in when you get to a campfire because it's like, okay, you know roughly what's around your campsite. It's much smaller than the amount of map that's usually uncovered by a like a tower. <laughs> and most of the map I was uncovering, I was doing so by walking. I was like, I will walk into this black area of the map and slowly uncover bits of it. You know, I'm primarily interested in this game uh, from the angle of doing a song, because that's going to be fun as hell, doing all like yeah. tribal chants and stuff. Uh, very yeah the stuff that i found like most interesting about this it really does commit to its idea of being set in like 10,000 bc um central europe is there enough gameplay wise um, to set it apart from far cry 4 gameplay wise the general loop is um tigers and bears are big and strong you are a human <laughs> yeah. they're not big and strong yeah. maybe have like two spears and a club with you try not to die um, it feels a, you feel a lot more vulnerable in this than a, than a lot of Far Cry games because, like, well, let's say good. I craft, let's say I crafted a club, mm. and a wolf is coming at me, five or six swings with my club, and my club's probably going to break. It's just going to snap in half. I did not make a very sturdy club. Yeah. I now am like, oh, I have a slow bow and a slow spear, and this very fast wolf is running well, at the, me. That feeling of vulnerability was very mm. omnipresent in Far Cry Two. And I, yeah. I felt it's something that was sadly missing from the, the next two games. 
Yeah, you do and- become very powerful in Far Cry 3 as compared to 2, mm. definitely. Definitely, and I did not at any point in this feel powerful. Um, like, being the wuss that I am playing on, like, the easiest difficulty at a preview event, mm. I was still getting my ass handed to me. I was like, yep, these things want to kill me and I'm not really equipped to deal with them. You know what? Sorry, no, all- I'll, I'll let you finish. Yeah. I just have something to yeah, say about Uncharted say, after yeah. this. <laughs> okay, because, um, like, all the weapons you have are very slow. You don't have anything that's quick and responsive. Um, your whole thing is just, like, go walk through this area of Central Europe Try not to get killed by anything. Enjoy the fact that everyone is speaking like a combination of like old languages with like bits of sign language going on and just go explore the world and maybe tame like a a honey badger or a leopard or something. I had a good time with that. I'm excited. And I say this as someone who, uh, um, you know, when I reviewed Far Cry 4, I was very, very critical of it. You know, I, I think I gave it like a six and I was like, you know, it's okay, but I'm kind of over this stuff now. Mm. Um, I'm very, look, very much looking forward to putting uh, Primal through its paces. I mean, I've, you know, I've seen the footage of it and everything and I'm like, yeah, this, this could be mm. the thing that gets me interested, properly interested I, in Far Cry again. I never got properly invested in Far Cry 4, um, in spite of like the fantastic performances at times that were going on. Far Cry Primal, I was a lot more invested in just, like, the moment-to-moment gameplay loop had me invested, and there was nothing complex and over-the-top about the the narrative that was driving me forward. The narrative was just, um, there is this other tribe somewhere that are cannibals. Our tribe got killed by them. Go find some people that aren't cannibals to build up our tribe a bit, Mm. then try and, like, you know, go kill the tribe that are cannibals. Mm. Oh, God, I can't... it's a nice, I, simple plot where I'm just like, okay, I'm on board with that. Let's go explore. Sometimes that's I can't all think the about cannibals need, right now. Sorry, what was that, Gav? I just said sometimes that's all the motivation you need, isn't it? Exactly. And it didn't feel bogged down. It was just like, go explore, do whatever. And I had a blast with it. So I'm surprisingly positive about Far Cry Primal so far. But, that's cool. Um, this this is totally off topic, right? I, right, I know right. I got criticised for doing this last week, but I'm sorry. I just when you were talking about the hardness there, the difficulty, I was replaying Uncharted Three this week. That game is bastard fucking hard. I couldn't. It's, I didn't remember it, is, it being this difficult. There are points where that game has some serious difficulty spikes. Yeah, and it's so funny because the platforming is almost specifically designed so you can't die. But then you get these like sections of combat where there's waves and waves of bullet sponge like shotgun dudes and snipers it's, all it's, coming at you at once. It's yeah. always been Naughty what Dog's big fun? problem. It's it's is the balancing big, combat. Mm. Yeah, it's the biggest problem I had with The Last of Us. Like there's a couple of encounters towards the end of that game that just take an enemy that is difficult and throw four or five of them at you all at once mm. to make it difficult. Like there's that last uh dry the, the the covered up section you're going through and it's like oh there's like three bloaters and three clickers mm. and two of those brutes oh and they're all here at once thank you there was certain bits in uh, the last of us all right particularly i didn't find it so much of a problem on the remaster because that ran really smoothly at 60 but like the bits where you're hanging upside down and, oh gosh, and also yes. the sniping parts the frame rate was really fucked in those parts and it made it very hard to aim but uh, mm. it's much better on the remastered version. Yes, it is. Mm. So, so yeah, uh, yeah, Uncharted that's, is hard. That's my <laughs> that's my point. That, that is perfectly fine. Um, 
So I think from there, we've, we've done all the games we've played this week, I think. Yeah. So who's ready for some news? Yeah, I'm news ready for sounds news. I think we're, we're fucking 48 boring. minutes in. I think we're ready for some news. <laughs> 48 minutes we can maybe touch I was on about, some news. I was about to change the subject and talk about comic books briefly. Um, <laughs> when you mentioned cannibals, because I read, I read a comic book last night and I can't stop thinking about it. What's it's it a, called? It's called Crust, right? And some people listening have probably heard of it. It's done by Garth Ennis, who did Preacher. And fucking hell. Fucking hell. It got to the point where you mentioned cannibals and instantly I think back to that. And I'm like, that's the... It, I, I, it's hard to describe it without giving too much away or just sounding, making it sound like it's just something that psychopaths would masturbate over. But Jesus, it's it's a comic book series about like all, it's almost like like a zombie plague, except instead of turning into zombies, they get crosses on their faces, and people just turn into like the worst elements of humanity. So they all just become psychopathic, murderous, serial killer, rapist, pedophile, monster things. Um, normal humans, more or less, but they just. I mean, I. I I, I recommend it with so many caveats, but, like, I've never read a comic book that actually had my jaw, like, almost off its hinge in shock. But, I mean, that's shock fucking horror at its shockiest. Um, it's it's amazing. And I just, I need to get it out because I can't stop thinking about it because it's just, it's fucking harrowing. Yeah, I think I'm going to give that one a miss. <laughs> Yeah, yeah like, it sounds interesting. I'll pass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'm definitely not saying this as, as oh, you two should check it out. I just need to keep like getting if it out of into my head by talking stuff, about then, it. Then it's a good one. Yeah, if you want to have a bad time, um, and I don't mean that as a slur against the comic. I mean it's just <laughs> it's that kind of thing. Mm. It's it's where you're gonna have a bad time, um, and for some people that will not be time you know, I'm, wasted. I'm a wuss when it comes to that stuff. I can't oh, I, like I'm yeah, I'm like yeah. that with the Walking Dead games. I just find those too miserable oh. to even continue them. Like, yeah, yeah I mean I, this is just. I mean, by the end of issue two, there's a a child being torn to shreds. And that's not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just the beginning. <laughs> it gets worse from there. Uh. Um, but I just, I, I've got to exercise the experience. I've already got volumes two and three on their way to me um, because I'm just down this rabbit hole of, I, I can't stop exposing myself to this horrible thing um, <laughs> that I find utterly appalling, but also in grossly sat uh, not i was gonna say satisfying i mean fascinating it's not satisfying um but yeah like it's if people if people like something really like macabre and when i say macabre i mean fucking grotesque um it's definitely something to check what out. did you say it was called for the uh crust frost or prost crust prost Okay. No, no, crust. Oh, crust. Crust with a C. C R U S T. C R O S E D, as in a cross. Oh. Because that's what, like, this, like, this image of like a burned cross sort of forms on the face of anyone who turns. Wow. See, I and thought I was smart by knowing what it was, and then it's like, no, I'm spelling out the wrong word. Fuck. No. Yeah, it, I just it did refers a Google to... image search, and I'm like, yeah, no, not going to be reading this fucking thing. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It refers to the... It's like a cannibal the... corpse, like, album cover, every shot, every every yeah. frame. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the comic equivalent to, like, those, like, band movies that happened in the 80s and 90s. 
you know what's not nearly as horrifying? What isn't as nearly as horrifying? The Detective first... Pikachu. No, I was going to say the news that that kid who spent eight grand on FIFA did get a refund without his dad having to sue him. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's uplifting and positive. Also, Detective Pikachu, which is a weird thing this week. Um, Detective Pikachu is a new game that got <laughs> announced where a Pokemon wears a hat and solves real-ass human crimes. And talks. Yeah, Pikachu just like walks around human cities and is like, "Oh, you're like your dog's been murdered. Don't worry, Detective Pikachu's on the case." So, just sorry, just this is hilarious. This thing, this crossed comic, in the Google image search, there's a guy <laughs> fucking a dolphin in its blowhole. That I is exactly. To that. That's exactly the imagery I needed right now, Gavin. Thank you. Maybe it's a <laughs> I, different. I, com- no, it's it says crossed comic. There's a oh, there's, dude there's fucking like hundreds a dolphin in its blowhole. A lot of things like that happen. Like, the principal antagonist in the first volume is a guy called Horsecock. And he has the name Horsecock <laughs> because his primary weapon is a horse's cock that he uses to beat people to death with. So basically he's using that 16 and a half inch dildo someone sent me the other week as a weapon. As a weapon, except real and from a horse, and he screams horsecock over and over again as he does it. So, video game news. Yes! Back to back <laughs> this to is why you need Pikachu. me on this show, everyone. This is why you need me here. Um, you say that, but there's probably like 45% of the audience who are like, oh, I wanted to hear about horsecock. Well, yeah, it's the entire segment of the audience that is basically like, why is this show not the Dismal Jesters? And I'm like, well, because we got different people on it. We're going to talk about video games. God damn it. It's all right. We'll, uh, we'll do a horsecock special at some point. Fine, fine. I will come be on an, a, a special horsecock special as long as we put the horsecock in its own separate section and not in the middle of the video game news. Yes, naughty, yes. naughty Jim and Gavin. Good That's God, said, I need I'm some totally... brain bleach after this. <laughs> Fuck. So, I'm, calling, I'm... I'm calling this episode horsecock, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so yeah, Detective Pikachu. Pikachu wears a hat and speaks like human language and solves human crimes. Yeah, like that. I did see the trailer. I've had people on Ask FM being like, uh, Jim, have you seen the trailer? I'm like, oh yes. Uh, I do not know what to think. I, I am basically hoping that this is um, Phoenix Wright being rebooted, but with like a cute, adorable animal mascot lead. Because I am totally on board for like a cute little electric yellow mouse screaming objection while caricatures of people are like, no, I didn't murder him using the tripwire in the circus. Ah! <laughs> I don't know where that voice has come from today. That voice cropping up a lot in the things I'm saying. It's your it posh voice good. coming out. It's it's weird, crazy voice. Um, so yeah, Detective Pikachu is adorable, also kind of weird and creepy. I don't really know what to think about it. You know what else got a trailer that we've kind of known for months is coming? Oh, this is the one we're supposed to act um, yeah, surprised the, the about, big right? surprise, big surprise. None of you ever heard about this. Platinum are making a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. <gasps> you don't say! <sigh. laughs> Yeah, it it finally got an official trailer after the official trailer leaked three hours before it was meant to be put up. <sighs> what is... How is one project having this many leaks? Because we had the leak before the Game game Awards and everyone assumed it was going to be shown off at the Game Awards. Then there was a load of like stills from a trailer. Then gameplay images. Then the achievements... And then three hours before the trailer's meant to go up, the trailer goes up. Yeah. Um, how? How? They've really let the, the valve loose on that one. Yeah. Didn't they also announce there's going to be another shitty movie? 
Are they doing oh, another one? Oh, they yeah. probably are. I mean, that stuff's but, all franchised these days. Yeah, they are doing another of the movies, and it's probably not going to be good. But it's fine, because this trailer actually looks pretty good. Like, it looks... If you liked Transformers Devastation's, like, take on, like, rebooting Transformers, this looks like it's going to be a similar at- attempt of, like, take what was good about the 80s, modernise it a little bit, but not so much it's no longer the thing from the 80s. I am excited for, for them to do that to the Turtles. Do you know how they can make yeah. a game of the year? How? Put Turtle Power in it, the song. Yes, I will give it Game of the Year. No, I'm, I might not give it Game of the Year, but I will, in my heart, give it Game of the Year. G-U-R-T-L-E Power. I was disappointed that the, the Transformers one they did didn't have the Transformers song in it. Like they, mm. they did have, to their credit, they had a suitably campy, over-the-top, ridiculous hair metal Transformers song. Mm. Yeah, but uh, it wasn't but they, quite Transformers robots in disguise. But I would have liked at least a nod to that. More than meets the eye. Mm. Oh. Definitely. Or even the um. one from the... Um, the movie had like that like hair metal version of the main theme song, the old movie. Yeah. Lion, I believe. I remember was the that. Band. Yeah. Oh, and those okay. amazing songs in the fucking movie. You got the touch. Yeah. One of the best tune. movie soundtracks ever, and I'm not even being facetious. They even had a weird Al Yankovic song in in, in that. They movie. did. Yeah. yeah. Born to be stupid yeah. uh, when the Junkions attack. Like I, I watch. I've watched that film too many times. Yeah. It is mm. one of my favorite films. <laughs> At least up to a point. It's got like, so up many to the death of Starscream. It's amazing. It's got so many immortal lines in it. Yeah. Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) I actually have a a print, a framed print on my wall that's, um, uh, it's got Galvatron and Cyclonus uh, at at a bar Mm. booing uh, on stage with Starscream on the stage with Comedy Night behind him. (laughs) Um, And obviously the print is called Bad Comedy. Like, it's it's a beautiful fucking print. Mm. Um, Got damaged by the fucking USPS bringing it over. But it doesn't. You can't see it. Also, now it's in God, the frame. God damn that fucking movie for ruining my childhood because they wanted to bring in a new toy line. Yeah. Fucking yeah. killing off yeah. all the good characters. Funnily enough, they killed Starscream uh, in the film, mm. obviously. But Starscream <laughs> as a toy was still so popular. Mm. They that's why they brought him back as a ghost in oh, yeah? several episodes in the the season after the movie. Wow. So he became a ghost and possessed several characters before eventually being thrown off into <laughs> space by like. Like he he resurrected Unicron's head or something. It's been years, but uh, yeah. he did something well, like that. That was and, also and a, um, that was a storyline in the comics as well. Unicron's head was still alive. Yeah, like they uh, they wanted to keep things around just to keep the toys selling. Um, but I, yes, Ice Scream was even in Beast Wars in one episode. His ghost still like possessing <laughs> characters. Yeah. They I, they didn't get Chris Latter to do it, but they got someone to do a brilliant fucking. Starscream, and I know I've said this before, but do you know who does a really good fucking Starscream voice? SpongeBob SquarePants. Yes, the uh, guy who does SpongeBob, Tom Kenny. Um, I think it, I think the show was called Transformers Animated. I never watched mm. it, but I saw clips with Starscream in it, and he does Starscream in it, and it's amazing if you just add a slight screech to SpongeBob's voice. It's a really good Starscream. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness um, Other things we have this week Yes You know how Mighty Number no. 9 was meant to come out like Six months ago And then it got delayed And then it got delayed again 
And then it got delayed again. Um, and we were sort of finally coming up towards its release date. It's been delayed again. Oh, yes. Is it, I was trying is to work out what it was, and then I remember. This is just one that they should maybe stop announcing release dates for it. Uh, they really should. You know what the reason for the delay is this time, apparently? Apparently, the single player, the bit that everyone actually wants, is finished and is done and is perfect. And they're not putting it out because for the co-op online, whatever it is, the co-op mode, the matchmaking isn't working to the level they would like it to be. So they're holding back the entire game because the co-op like online mode that most people really would be fine waiting for that's not ready, so it's like, nope, you can't have your single player that's apparently been ready for six months. Nope. Oh. <sighs> I, I am not excited about Mighty Number no. 9 anymore. I haven't been for a long time. I really liked the idea, and I played it at some conventions, and it played really well, and I was very, very excited for it. And they have just found one way after another to make me lose my excitement for what is basically a new Mega Man game. Mm. Yeah. Mega Man just used to make me cry as a kid anyway. It was too fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, Shovel Knight came out and was basically a new Mega Man slash DuckTales. And, um, <laughs> and the fact that that came out and was so strong and that Mighty Number no. 9 still doesn't exist, I really... I probably won't pick up Mighty Number no. 9 when it comes out. I might pick it up down the line if I'm bored and looking for something. But I'm not going to be playing that day one. Probably not week or month one. Because I'm just not excited about it anymore. Yeah. Mm. I, lo- yeah. I, lo- yeah, I, I love the DuckTales theme song. It's so good. Did, my, didn't my we finish an episode with it? One? Am I imagining things? Did we put it in one of our episodes once? we did once? the Rainbow song. We, oh, we've ended Rainbow. with Rainbow before, yeah. Um, so yeah, Mighty Number no. 9. That will maybe come out one day. Probably somewhere around the time that Half-Life 3 and The Last Guardian come out. Mm. Um, and the new Tool album. <laughs> yes. Other um, mm-hmm. uh, news this week. Uh, the people who made her, her story have said that they are making a spiritual successor. It's not going to be the same game or like story or anything, but they're making another very similar style of game, apparently. Cool. Yeah. So Stick to that's what you're exciting. good at. Yep, I will happily play another game from those people and mm. hope that it's good. Um... And the last one, today we got the news that EA, they're not going to be at E3 this year. Oh yeah, that was really? quite a recent bit of news at the time of recording. That's, yeah, that's that, that, Yeah, they're instead doing, what are, what, what the fuck are they calling it? Let me pull are up. Are they called like EA Access or something? Uh, EA, EA Play. Oh, EA Play. Oh yeah, Access yes. is their, their service mm. thing. So EA Play is basically like an event they are holding in LA around the time of E3 that is not inside the LA Convention Center and not part All of it. Alright, so they're still doing a big, like, E3 timed they, they stage show, yeah. They haven't said what they're doing, okay. but most people are assuming they'll probably do a press conference that won't be an E3 press conference mm. in inverted commas and air brackets. I hope they do because it's, those are the most fun thing of the year on social media, those E3 conferences. Yeah. yeah. Um, if we're one down, that would not be great mm. if we have one less of them to complain about. Um, if you're going to get, mean, this is similar to um, 
I mean, I'm wondering if this is going to be the start of an exodus because Nintendo started this. Like they, they do their digital press conference during E3 weekend, but they kind of, they don't do E3 per se. They're there at the show, but they stopped doing an E3 press conference. And now EA's pulling out, and I gotta wonder, like, like if there's a story there, like maybe sat- dissatisfaction with how the ESA do things, or. Or whether it's just arrogance on the part of EA and Nintendo, where like we don't need this, we can do our own show. Like I, I gotta wonder what the real motivation there is. It's probably something we'll never know, but and I'd be interested to know the real mm. reason why they do this. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. Um, I'm still of the camp where I think this is the year that Nintendo should come back to do a on stage press conference. I know they won't because that's not their mo anymore, but. If they want to build up hype for the NX, then they maybe should do something big and on stage in a room. Mm. It it is interesting to see people like EA decide, let's, you know, pull some of our stuff back and have more control over how we show it, etc. Nintendo I, I think they should do a lot like every the last two or three E3s, Nintendo has just been the comforting fry up after your weekend on the piss. Do you know? And Sony <laughs> yeah. and Microsoft are the fucking big boozy night out before. <laughs> I I just want them to do an onstage thing so that a bunch of people can be in the room as um as someone and probably Reggie Fizeme can pull out like the NX from some impossibly small pocket on his jeans and be like, ah, here is a console. <laughs> and it's fun be to like, be oh there for God. that. Mm. Yeah. I was in the audience when they did the um when they unveiled the 3DS. Yeah. And it's not an experience I'd like to repeat because, you know, I, I have no real interest in E3 anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice to do it the once. And it's nice to see it the once. And I, I do advise if people do go to... For those who do attend E3, like, at least do the press conferences once. I don't think you ever need to do it more than that. But it, they're, they're always fun to be at. Uh, just not something I'd want to do every year. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Especially because it's just a lot more fun on Twitter um, just it is. at home watching it yeah. with everyone else. It's like, is, I fucking love E3. Like. <laughs> yeah, there, there is a bit of me that's sad that the one year I went to E3, um, Zelda for the Wii U wasn't there, and there was no on-stage Nintendo press conference. Those are two things that I'm like, this is not the E3 that I imagined when I was like 12. This is not quite <laughs> right. Um, so I need to go back again, like in the hopes that Nintendo will do a press conference, or at the very least that I can play a Zelda before it's out. See. E- yeah. E3 is just such a win-win because like if it's really really shit you get to make all these comments on social media and have a laugh about mm. it but if it's really really good everyone gets really excited and I love that yeah. what, one, it's good to be part yeah. of that I mean it's the one time when I think everyone on Twitter is just kind of in it together yeah. <laughs> and not just all attacking each other yeah. Yeah. so you get like I still remember the night like you know Sony had its press conference last year and unveiled Last Guardian followed by fucking uh, Final Fantasy 7 and yeah. Shenmue 3 and all this like it was just a such a cavalcade of bombshells mm. that just being part of the social media mm. reaction to well, that I'm, was just fantastic I'm going to have a hard time this E3 having anything topping Todd Howard come with his big swing and dick of Fallout gameplay like <laughs> and this is when he walks out on stage and he's like yep Fallout 5 gameplay it's out today <laughs> I really hope they give um, Obsidian another Fallout game. I would love if they did that. It would be nice to see. Um, I'd love that so much. The the big downside with EA Play for the people who are actually having to cover the event, and I don't know if I'm going to E3 this year, I'd like to go again, but um, is going to be 
it's always a hassle when one of the companies puts all of their stuff in a building that's not the same building where the rest of the E3 stuff's happening. Mm. Because that means, oh, I now have to leave E3 and go across LA to try and find a different building to go see their games to run back for my next appointment. Mm. That's not going to be fun, but, you know, I, I, who cares? That's a press I issue. I think everyone's big hope for E3 this year is that everyone in Square Enix drinks some Red Bull before they go on stage on their presentation. <laughs> yeah, it'd be it, nice to see them having fun on the stage. Yeah. I, I have... Um, Three predictions right now for E3 2015. Uh, 2016, sorry, 2015's already happened. E3 2016, uh, Ubisoft announces Beyond Good and Evil 2. Ubisoft announces Beyond Good and Evil 2. And Ubisoft talks about the reason that there's no Assassin's Creed this year is because of Beyond Good and Evil 2. And they talk about why (laughs) Beyond Good and Evil 2 is an open world game (laughs) where you climb towers and take photos of the landscape. I really hope not, but you know what? I would take that if it meant that I got to see a conclusion to that narrative. I would I would put up with a lot of things about that game just to have a Beyond Good and Evil 2. Mm. So this is the year I can feel it, everyone. Well, I know it's happening. we're apparently not going to see this year is another Assassin's Creed, which in a way I think is good because they need to give it a little bit of time to... To regenerate everyone's interest now. Yeah, we we talked about that when it we when did, it was announced. Yeah. But I do I do like the the thought of an E three where no section of press conference is dedicated to Assassin's Creed. No. That'd be good. That's that's going to be kind of nice. Because I mean, as well as the fact that we get one every year, the saturation of it at E three because Ubisoft have it at their show, obviously, mm-hmm. and then they they shove it into Sony or Microsoft somewhere. Yeah, I and think I'm it was like, Sony's just, last year that had it everywhere. It. Yeah. It'll be good to just be rid of it for a bit. Yeah. Um, we we got time for some questions. Yeah. We've got time for our beautiful public. Yep. Uh, Sinclair on Twitter wants to ask, is there a cure for Gavin's foot wound? And what quest would we need to embark upon to discover the cure? Uh-huh. Horsecock. Well, that's the cure. <laughs> horsecock. Ga- yes. Gavin, how horse do you cock. feel about Suck this cure? Cock. No, basically, you would need to travel to the eternal wasteland of dead jokes, uh, find the well <laughs> of diminishing returns, take a shot, and retrieve the empty bucket, which is a metaphor for how much mileage was left in that joke. Yeah, and underneath the bucket, there's just this little inscription that reads, you know it's dead when even Jim can't be bothered to come up with new things for yeah. it. <laughs> See, here's the thing. If I were introducing the show, I, I'm sure I could come up with some stuff for it. It's like, oh, Gavin, your uh, your wound has turned an odd luminescent blue. I would be in awe of this if it weren't for all of the dead cats in it. <laughs> I don't know. There you go. There's a, there's a wound thing. I, I jammed a stint back in that joke. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. I'm going to bring it up now. I'm just going to bring it up mid-episode every episode. I'll be like, Gavin, Gavin, could you please we like, need a ask new, No, the- we need a new mimetic joke for the intro. What, what's what, should we sit and work out what our new mimetic joke is now? Let, um, let the audience. No, we're going to dedicate a whole two-hour podcast to that. <laughs> okay, well, we can make that happen now. This can be a three and a half hour long episode this it week while we work can't. out what the new mimetic joke is. Um, maybe, maybe Jim um, ate something funny and we don't know what it is and we have to guess. I'm Isn't a, that a I, funny joke? I'm a fat fuck. Anything I eat is funny automatically because it's going in a fat man's mouth. That's how comedy works. I lost half eat. a stone this month. Ooh, yeah, yeah I, fucking, I, I didn't drink like beer or any alcohol for three weeks. 
like I've lost like my beer belly. It's fucking great. That's good. <laughs> I'm going the opposite direction. I ha- I'm on some meds that I had some amounts increased, and now my weight is ballooning. And I'm like, oh, I need to deal with that. God damn so, it, meds. Yeah, damn medications. Um, I was going to start working out. I'd start back like doing a, an exercise regimen, mm-hmm. and then I fucked my back up, <laughs> and I feel really bad because like. I haven't done any of the office cleaning that I was supposed to be doing. I had a, I spent an obscene amount of money on a Force Awakens like sideshow collectible stormtrooper toy that I said, right, not until this office is clean and everything's arranged nice will I open this box. That was three weeks ago, and it's still there in its box, mint condition, um, because my back is still fucked. <laughs> like, obviously, better than it was where I couldn't walk. I can walk now. That's nice, um, but I've still got the the new gym position podium. I've got to try and put together uh i've i want to do some housework um you know the, this place is a shitting tip right now and i want to get it all clean and in order and i want to get working out and stuff and i just I, I haven't been able to do anything that for, for most of january this fucking sucks that yeah, does suck that so that's, like sucks. Yeah. that's why i'm fat now not not all the other years are well, jim surely with all happened. that patreon money you can hire a cleaner to come in <laughs> <laughs> I've been tempted, but every time I suggest it, like she's like, I want to get it, I want to get it tidy first because I'd be embarrassed. I'm like, but, the, that's, but that's the, the point. point of the cleaner, so we don't have to do I it. I am <laughs> definitely hiring a cleaner when I have my own house. Absolutely. Um, I have currently the benefit of my partner's not doing too much work at the moment, so she's taken over a lot of the housework, which has been really nice because I'll come downstairs and I'm like, oh, everything's really clean, yay! I'm going to grab some food and head back to my office and shut myself away from the world. Hooray! Other <laughs> um, questions this week. Jamie D'Artagnan Hagen wants to ask, are pyjamas overrated? Hmm. They're oh, they're definitely overrated for sleeping in. I prefer to sleep like free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This was my response: is naked is the only true way to sleep. Mm-hmm. But PJs are very nice and comforting. Say when you have like the flu or yeah, it's it's very they're comforting in the same way that like a pair of tracksuit bottoms and a baggy jumper is. Where it's like I need to just roll out of bed and not properly get dressed, but technically be wearing clothes in case people come round. It depends on the That's PJs pajamas. as well. Like, I've got these, yeah. like, Star Wars P- PJs that are, like, really tight, and we call them the willy pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'm i now picturing those. <laughs> that's that's going to be what I picture you wearing from now on, Gavin. That's just your, that is your canon outfit. Um, but, yeah, a good pair of pyjamas can be very nice for just, like, loungewear. Pyjamas to wear while you're sleeping? Nah. Nah. Too restrictive altogether. Exactly, and they, they bunch up while you're sleeping. Yeah. It's, it's not good. And I don't Jim, even Jim. mean just around the nether regions. I mean, like, up around the shoulders and neck. It's well, very I'm restrictive like, I, to the, sleep in The clothes. bit that bothers me most is, like, the bits, like, the ankles that end up, like, above your knees, and it's just not right. Mm. Like, Jim, I, I thoughts don't... on pyjamas? <laughs> um, I'm too English to sleep free. Um, now, I know, the, I know, Laura, that you are in England, but there's a difference between being a, you know... An English citizen and someone who is English. And, well, I think I'm pretty English, I'm, good sir. Tea, cricket, well, chip, chip, cheerio. Well, you sleep in the nutty, so clearly not. Um, but no, I, I, I like, I, I, I honestly like pajamas more for the same reasons you guys do. Like it's, it's something to potter about the house in. 
I like them. Mm. They're comfortable. I mostly wear, like, I wear pajama pants. And I like a t-shirt. Um, I, I don't wear pajama tops. I think that's overdressing. I think mm. that's, that's, that's where it's like, I want to dress like a piece of shit, but I want to somehow feel I have dignity doing it. I, I, I'm like, nah. You don't I, get dressing do gowns are wonderful for that, because then you can feel like a right partial prick. <laughs> um, pajama wise I tend to go the other direction where my priority if I'm going to have something pajama wise is going to be like a big baggy video game swag t-shirt that was six sizes too large because you know overweight men are the only people who play video games and like I'll have one of those and maybe some shorts and be like there we go I have to do pajamas because there are people around big baggy shirt and some shorts it's a good look I've always found that That's a, I find that a very good look on people, it's it's a look I'm I am a fan of. So yeah, that is that is good. Um, questions we have. Um, Hawky Krishna's got a question again this week. Oh, good old Hawko. Hawky, Hawko. Oh boy. Hawky, Oi, oi, oi. Question for Jim: Is the grinding of Isaac actually going to be a regular thing, or was it just a one-off? Um, there's going to be at least a few more. I've got I've got ideas for a few more. For anyone who's not seen it yet, what is the grinding of Isaac? <laughs> it upset people. Um, it's basically <laughs> me playing the binding of Isaac, but devising ways to do it. Because the binding of Isaac is one of those games, like Darkest Dungeon, or basically any game that ends up with a big following on Twitch and, and YouTube, where people have big opinions about it. And if you're not playing it the way they think is the optimal way to play it, they get very, very annoyed. And mm. it, it, it's very frust. They, they get very frustrated watching people play it, and I feel that way too sometimes. Like I'll watch Conrad, bless him. I'll watch Conrad play The Binding of Isaac, and I find it difficult um, because of the things that he misses and stuff. Um, so I thought the best thing to do is like do that, but worse and worse and worse. <laughs> um, so I've been devising ways to play the Binding of Isaac in a way that like anyone who is like overly anal about how the best way to play Isaac is would would just be like really upset by it's, it. It's not about level grinding, it's about grinding people's gears. That's basically it. Yeah, it's uh-huh. not the grinding of Isaac is very much about just like wearing down the psyche of those who are watching it. <laughs> so the last the, well the first episode I did was me complaining that I don't have enough time to pick up items. <laughs> and of course, in The Binding of Isaac, to, to succeed, you've got to pick up items because that's how your character gets strong enough to deal with the game getting harder. So I ignored all the items while saying I don't have time and then doing things like spending, like wasting a minute outside of a room before concluding I don't have time and leaving. <laughs> um, and I ended up dying on like the... Th- third floor or something that's, that's it's further a funny, than um, i'd have probably gone it's a funny one isn't it like it, for some let's players when they're really bad at a game it can be the most entertaining stuff and then for other let's players it can just be completely drive you insane watching them play because they're so it bad. entirely depends the way that the person reacts yeah, to their own failure absolutely, to play yeah you've got to have your own good sense of humor about your own sucking at the game yeah yeah well i mean i'm a big fan of northern lion who I mean, I find his fan base fascinating because I've never seen a more hostile audience towards a content creator, and yet it all seems to be done with this like sense of endearment and love, yeah. uh, where they're constantly calling him the scum egg. <laughs> um, 
because he has no hair and if you're bad at Isaac Jesus you get called Christ. scum so they call him the scum egg and, and it, you can just sense the love that they're doing it with but it's still like Do you know, that's if a great I way didn't to, uh, know I consider it so over the line that's a great way to nullify um, the mean comments in your comment section because you don't know the difference <laughs> yeah mm. uh, um, my, my but, favorite... but yeah Northern Lion is like he's one of those guys who clearly doesn't play Isaac in the way that some like the armchair experts think it should be played mm. but he does it with just this real sort of casual laissez-faire attitude mm. um, I just I love watching him play it uh, even if he mm. makes moves that I may not make um, I mean he's better at it than me but there are sometimes it's one of those hindsight things where it's like yeah he might miss something on screen but it's like he's the one playing and commentating mm. I've got the luxury of just sitting here doing nothing yeah. little touches as well miss. make let's plays really entertaining when like my friend Maluka, she does Let's Plays on YouTube as well, and she gets these brain freezes sometimes where her face goes completely blank. And she's always on the camera, you know, she has it like down in the bottom corner. And she started to notice she was doing it because it was in the comments. So every time she does it now, she has like the Apple rainbow spinning wheel above her head. And it just makes it Aww. so funny. That is adorable. Yeah. Um, I've I've been having a lot of this recently with um, when I put up the videos of Far Cry Primal. Um, the my favorite comment was one on my own channel where I'd like posted the first hour and someone in the comments was like, "I don't know who's playing this, but they're a bit shit at the game. You should fire them and hire me to play instead." And I left them this comment back where I was like, first of all, I am my own boss, so I don't think I I, I feel like." firing myself to hire you on in my place. Thank you for the offer, though. It is very much appreciated. Also, bear in mind, I was making notes for a preview and, you know, trying to check that my capture was working while I played. And, you know, there's a lot of things going on. So, Do you know what would yeah, have been suck, a, an even better games, response to you. that? What? Delete. <laughs> well, yeah. I just delete comments like I, that I, now. I, I don't I, even bother. I, I had some fun with the yeah. response because it was a lone comment and I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a bit of a laugh. Although I do this, love but... trolling our followers on Twitter sometime. I'm sorry. We we had it a couple you, of times this week. <laughs> you you have some fun occasionally in response to some tweets. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, uh, other questions we've got today. Aidan O'Dwyer wants to ask, who would you rather spend a rainy weekend in the Lake District with? Randy Pitchford, Dennis Dyack, Jonathan Blow, Wesley Snipes, or Peter Molyneux. Who's Leslie Dyack? De what? De Dennis Dyack? Or whatever, yeah. I, I only recognise like two <laughs> of those names. <laughs> um, he used to be the president of Silicon Knights. Can I pick Brian I, Fargo? Because like, like, he let me be in his, his game, so I'd, I'd pick Brian Fargo. You're gonna... Too much collusion. Yeah. Collusion! <laughs> Collusion. Did, did, uh, neither of you played the uh, Torment beta, did you? No. no. I'm waiting for the full game. I don't think I could bear to play a little bit and then mm -hmm. wait. Uh, of the people on that list, Peter Molyneux, because I think I could probably get a nice hefty bump in Twitter followers if I just tweeted out everything Peter Molyneux said for two days. Like two days in the yeah, late make district to me just. Uh, I'll, just, I'll, just <laughs> I'll just quote him. And let people make their own opinions on the wonderful things he says. Because he's, he's a creative man. I'm sure he would say interesting things. All of the wonderful things he says. Oh, are we off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of, of Molyneux? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this has gone in some strange directions this week. Uh, Zlock the Bigot Slayer wants to ask, in all capitals... 
What disease, disability, and or disorder would you like see explore in game? Leprosy. You could, How like, would a game about leprosy work, You could like, work, take your Gavin? body parts off and throw them at people to kill them. And so, in, This isn't like a, in, a somber, like sad look at leprosy. You're just like, no, it's a mechanic. Yeah, I'll throw it's a mechanic. You just want to remake Never Instead of ammo mags, Konami you game. find like super glue I'm, and I'm put your sure limbs back on. Uh, what was that game? Hey, Stubbs the Zombie? Stop it. I'm pretty sure Stubbs the Zombie was this. Ah. I think yeah, I think I, th- I think it was similar. Yeah, you, you ripped off of your that. limbs and maybe put them back on. That seems like a thing that happened. Mm. Plus you... there is a leper class in oh. Darkest Dungeon. Oh. Yeah. I think you uh, mentioned it's that. It's my favorite class. You? It's my favorite class. He's awesome. Mm. Jim, what dis- disease, disability and or disorder you like see exploring game? Whooping cough. How is the game about whooping cough going to work? I don't know. It was the least offensive thing I could think of. Whooping cough I feel like sucks. Have you ever had today. it? Uh, I think I may it have really done like, at one point in my life. Um, I've had chicken pox before. Mm, that's not I've funny. Had, <laughs> I've, had, I've had... Everyone's had bronchitis. Um, I'm asthmatic. Um... I there's there's one that I think would work really interestingly mechanically from like a getting to understand a condition perspective and it's hypoglycemia which basically just means like the sugar levels in your blood are kind of messed up and you consistently have to be taking in things to help regulate your sugar levels mm. and I think that could be very interesting from a gameplay perspective because it's pr- it's pretty much what um well- the stamina system in D4 was. Stop it. If they set a game in Africa and gave you malaria that you had to manage, that could be really fun, right? Right? Fun might not be the right word yeah. there, Gavin. I think you might be looking for a different word I mean, that's I, not the word fun. I did love, as we discussed earlier, I did love Far Cry 2, but fuck that malaria. Yeah. Um, other questions. George Johnson has a question this week. How should I go about convincing everyone at my Global Game Jam 16 location to make a Podquisition fan game? Show them Jim's Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you make if you make a game about these three, then maybe you too will bring in ten grand a month, maybe. Gosh. Um, yeah. I will say on the subject of Patreon, thank you to everyone. I mean, it, I've... Uh, Never been higher. Like, it looks slower, as we've said before, because of the way Patreon changed the, the public figures. Mm. But it's literally never... I've never had this many patrons, like, back in the start, I, and it's I'm absolutely in, mind-blowing. I am in the same situation, and I keep having to remind myself that, because it's not the... It's not the 2300 number it was previously. Like, it's just crossed 2000 again. But I'm, like, looking at the actual incomes, this is better than it's ever been. <laughs> so, yay for yeah, Patreon changing things thank that... You. Changes our perception of our own income. Thank you for your generosity, followers and fans and audience. Indeed. Thank you for enjoying the stuff we do and backing that up by giving us money for the things. Yeah. And I sold, um, I sold more if albums my... in December than I've ever sold before as well, so that's awesome. Fucking I. Yeah. So, to answer George's question, my pitch for how you convince them to make a Podquisition fan game at Global Game Jam, um, tell them, first of all, you know... Um, that we're really nice people and we just really appreciate it. It would make us feel nice. So that's totally a reason to spend two days on a thing. Also, so many in-jokes you could reference. You could have a character whose foot is infected with a wound, a character who asks God to thank them, 
a character who has blue hair and shouts about butts, the, the possibilities for in-jokes are endless. Yep. Endless, I tell you. We have hit a moment of silence. I will <laughs> that went very seg- quiet for a second. I will segue us on to a different thing. Uh, question for Gavin mm. from Chris Smith. Does Gavin know anywhere good to eat and drink, either in Talagut, Talagut or Dublin? <laughs> Tala. How do you pronounce that? Tall, Tala. The G, Tala. the G, the H, and the T are silent. Look, our okay, Irish, well you can't Irish blame is a very me. complicated You letter. can't blame me for not knowing how to say this word Tala. when almost half of the letters aren't actually there. Yeah, I, What is the reason to put those three letters in the bloody word? There's a joke that, like, the Irish language was specifically designed to confuse and piss off the British. <laughs> like, well, it's, it's succeeding, because... Like, yeah. It's not, a phone- let- it's not a phonetic language at all. Out of eight letters in this word, three of them you just don't pay attention yeah. to. Yeah, Tala. Um, so, Tala or Dublin, do you know anywhere good to eat or drink? Uh, this person is going to be there on a business trip and wants to avoid the cliché places to eat and drink. Um, yeah, just go to Temple Bar, you'll find somewhere. Temple Bar is like the centre of... It's the central hub of social activity in Dublin and you'll definitely find lots of nice places there. Are there anywhere there that you particularly like? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I'm not all that familiar with Dublin, to be honest with you. I don't live there, so... You you live in, like, roughly the same area, country, place, so you should know these things, I, I Gavin. live, like, the complete other side of the country than Dublin, so... <laughs> no, no, it's the same country, you should know. Um... See, uh, last question. David Anderson wants to ask, what video game franchise would you like to see adapted into porn? Didn't we do, like, an extensive answer to this question a few months back? We uh, we talked about uh, Batman porn once. Uh, was, th- was this the topic? And we did all the porn uh, titles of games as well. We might like well have Dark done. Dark Holes and all that. Oh yeah. So in that case, uh, we you, we got as far as asking a question. Mm. Y- your answer is go find the episode where we talked about it before mm. and listen to that well, one. I mean, if you're to make a particular game into an actual porno, I'm trying to think of a game that has loads of like hot people in it. Suppose Mass Effect could make an interesting porno. M- Mass Effect would make a and good probably porn, has on DeviantArt. <laughs> yep, uh, The Witcher. Witcher probably make yeah. some good. That would Witcher be a, porn. a damn good porno. Uh, it, it is already though. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I yeah. think Witcher has way too much of a reputation for being full of sex. It does. I'm, I'm being Witcher, so Witcher three right. is like 120 hours long, and there's maybe two sex scenes in it. If you know, if you like, yeah. Even and you don't even have you only have to see one of them. I felt conned. Yeah. <laughs> you know what would make a really fun porno? What Saints Row? Yeah. Definitely. I could really get on board with a Saints Row porn. Hey, Kenzie, so, wanna fuck? Know. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how Kenzie sounds at all. Yeah, well, that's, um, that's how the, the the president sounds, asking her for a fuck. Yeah. And then she punches no, him. <laughs> yeah. There we go. We did, We got through another podquisition. Yay. Hooray. <laughs> Thank fuck. We're all um, done. We can go home. Yep. I'm going to go flatten my spine back out. We can go home to our definitely not working from home offices. Yes. 
I, I can go have a cider and continue to work for the next four hours. Yay! <laughs> Speaking of work, Laura, you do work on the internet outside of this. Where can people find that work? I do indeed do work on the internet outside of this podcast. You can find me at Laura K Buzz on pretty much everything. Laura K Buzz on Twitter. Laura K Buzz on YouTube, where I am currently... I'm just finishing up Undertale's pacifist playthrough. Um, I'm going to be starting a true pacifist and a genocide. Also on there, you can see me have Kylo Ren make an anime music video from the mid-2000s, because <laughs> that's an angsty thing that I did today that was fun. Other than that, Laura K Buzz on Patreon, that's what pays the bills. LauraKBuzz.com, everything I publish ends up there eventually. And she doesn't drink cider, she drinks Baileys while... Watching Ew. cricket and eating Mr. Kipling Bramley no, apple no, mince no, pies. No, 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 I have, I have only the the finest of um of, of pure malt Scotch whiskies. <laughs> and Kevin, you do music, don't you? That's what I've heard. I do do music. I yeah, do do music. I that? just did. I just did some music. John, can I tell him about the song? No, Ringo, just play the fucking drums. No, I did a Soma song last week, and it, it was pretty fun. <laughs> so, so how can people find out about the music? What? How can people find out about your music? <laughs> Miracle of Sound on Twitter, Miracle of Sound on YouTube, which is uh, about three weeks away from hitting 100 million views now, which is fucking awesome. Nice. Yeah. Do you want to lend me like a million or two? I could, I could do with a, a spare bit of like change. Oh, yeah. G- give us a million, man. Yeah. yeah, give us a million, fu- sir. You know the funny thing about that is the way people presume that translates into money. And you're like, no, yeah, no, you, it doesn't. <laughs> you you get a, a pound for every time someone views your thing, so you are a hundred millionaire. Is that how YouTube that, works? Uh, I have a hundred million pounds. Yes. Sterling. Yeah, Scrooge McDuck money. A hundred million pounds, Jim Sterling. Oh. Hey, watch it. I'm not that fat yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Jim, was good turnaround. Where, where are you, Jim? Uh, I am wherever you can hear the word horsecock being screamed loudly in the woods. Horsecock! That sounds exactly like that. Sounds like a bird call. It's very elegant and beautiful. Horsecock! Horsecock! Ah! Horsecock! (laughs) (laughs) That's it for another... On that bombshell, that's uh, another podquisition wrapped up. All done now. Um, I think, yes, the next show that will come up, if I've got the timing correctly will be another episode of... Um, Celebrity Big Brother. I forgot the name of it. The, yes, Celebrity Big Brother. The, the <laughs> movie podcast, uh, the, the spin-off Doctors, uh, will be here on Tuesday. Uh, it will be myself and Conrad Zimmerman. We're talking about House of the Dead, that Uwe Boll classic. And next Thursday, of course, will be your regular weekly edition of The Podquisition. So until, that, until then, I bid you adieu. And I thank my host for being here with me. And I thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Au revoir, Alvida Zane.